actually get into that rhythm. But there's some things that we can learn from this story that will help us be people who hear and obey. So let's go to the start of this um, chapter because it's kind of funny. And I want you to, when you read the Bible, I don't know if you're like me, but I turn it into like cartoon. And so I like then make this cartoon happen in my mind just to kind of bring the scriptures alive because the scripture is meant to be alive. It's, it's, it's not dead, it's living, it's truthful. And so what I loved about church this morning, it was fun. There are cheeky people here. You are cheeky. <laughs> is that your youth pastor who was cheeky this morning as well? Church should be fun. It should be in, enjoyed, not endured. I've got to go to church. No, we've got to have fun. Worship was so uplifting this morning. That's what the joy of the Lord is our strength. So when you read the Scriptures, bring it to life in your personality type. Mine's a little crazy and out there. Yesterday, I got confused between my water bottle and my microphone, and I put my microphone down out of my water bottle. My personality is a little out there. So I put this into cartoon. So let's read this scripture and let's bring it to life this morning. So here we go. From verse 1, chapter 3. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were very uncommon. So one night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, that's what the Lord's voice is like. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? Now, I'm just picturing Eli lying in bed, as you are as a parent, and your kids come in, you're like, oh, no. No, 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 no. Anyway, um, I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? No, I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, go back to bed. Samuel did not know yet um, that the, um, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called him a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and he went to Eli here I am. Did you call me? I'm wondering if he's like a little scared now, you know, coming kind of, did you do that? It was my imagining things. Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, all right, all right, I got, I got this. <laughs> I know what's happening. Go lie down again. And if someone calls you, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, for your servant is listening. So here's four observations I want to make this morning to help shape um, our, our convictions around hearing from the Lord and then obeying. So the first thing I noticed was that Samuel made his home in the house of the Lord. Samuel made his home in the house of the Lord. Crazy thing is the story of Samuel actually doesn't start with Samuel in the, in the um, temple. It actually starts with his mum bringing Samuel to the house of the Lord. And so a few years earlier, we find Hannah. She was found in church and she was crying out to God. And she was weeping because she hadn't yet had a child. And that was the desire of her heart to have a child. And so she is there and she is praying and she's not praying nicely. She's not quiet 
She's not having a little tear to the Lord. She's doing an ugly cry. Has anyone had an ugly cry? All the women say yes. Yeah, all the women just put their hand out. All the men are like, nah, I don't cry ugly. (laughs) Can I just say, if you can get to your men's camp, go. Because I know Pastor Peter Patterson really well. Pastor Peter and Robin Patterson took me in as a ratbag 15-year-old for a little while and loved on me. Um, I'm from a a single family. I'm I'm the only child. And um, my mum was kind of trying to get her career off the ground. And so I was a little bit of a ratbag. So they took me in. You will love Pastor Peter. He is one of the funniest people you've ever met, but will love you from death to life, honestly. So if you can get there, it won't be boring. Trust me. Okay. It won't be boring. So go. Anyway, She's having an ugly cry, a seriously ugly cry. That's because she was barren and she was just desperate for a child. And so 1 Samuel 1.12, we don't have this on the screen, but 1 Samuel 1.12 to 18 says this. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving but not hearing any sound, he thought that maybe she'd been drinking. Um, Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I'm very discouraged and I'm pouring my heart out to the Lord. Don't think I'm a wicked woman because I have been praying out of a great anguish and sorrow. Oh, in that case, Eli says, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you. And you know what? A little later on in that chapter, she finds herself pregnant and she's going to be having a baby, which is awesome. But she decided that once that baby was eating solids and was toilet trained, she was going to dedicate him back to the Lord and she was going to take him back to the house of God and give him to Jesus. So that's where he starts his internship. You know, he's at every prayer meeting. He's at Connect Group. He's at our team nights. He's parking cars. He's wearing his head, you know, here to help you host shirt. Like he is in. Thanks to a mama who decided that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so we want to honour the mums today who sometimes drag your children to church. Wasn't this morning, but sometimes we drag it. I remember as a kid, I could get out of school easy. If you rub your forehead hard enough and put, you know, a hot washer on it, and then just time it right when your mum comes in. Mum, mum, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. She comes in, you quickly dry it. Oh, feel me. Oh, yeah, you've got a temperature, you need to stay home. I'd get out of school easy, but I never got out of going to church. She would drag me to church, and I'd be like, but I'm sick. Yes, well, we're going to the house of the Lord where there'll be healing for your body, Michelle. I could never get out of church. I was at every mid, it was back in the day where the holy rollers were happening, you know. And uh, we had, me- like, I felt like we just had meetings for like three years on end. And so I kind of slept underneath the row of chairs, you know. I could not, not be taken to church. And I am so grateful to this day that I had a mama who had a conviction that maybe my education wasn't that important, but being in the house of the Lord was, that's not true. <laughs> so... We see the reason Samuel had a habit of being in the house of the Lord because parent over him said, we are going to go to the house. I want to encourage every parent, every grandparent, get your kids to church. Encourage them to be in the house of the Lord in their teenage years. That's why it's so great to be here and it's so much fun. If you're a teenager, you can't be bored in church here because it's so much fun. Your youth pastors seem amazing. And I love that. We've got to just enjoy ourselves in church. But Samuel made this habit of being in church, thankfully, because of a parent who had a conviction. You know, 
I want us to make sure that we are found in church, that it's a default setting. You know, statistics say, and this is not just nationally, but internationally, that church attendance is dropping, that lifestyle is getting in the way of that conviction. And I want to encourage each and every one of us to have that default setting, that I will be found in the house of the Lord. It will be the Sunday, the first day of the week. Where do I go? I go to the house of the Lord to honour Him, to be with other people, to be encouraged. I tell you, you take a couple of weeks away from church, you will notice it. You will feel it. So He made this decision. I'm in the house of the Lord. This is what I do and I'm going to get involved. So I want to encourage us. Be here. Make your home in the house of the Lord. And you know what? Bring the kids on the journey with you because if they're anything like me, they'll thank you for it one day. Number two. Samuel made his bed by the light and the presence of God. Samuel made his bed. So not only was he found in the house of the Lord, but then there was an engagement. There was a lean in. And he made his bed by the light and the presence of God. You know, the Bible is God's word. Every word in it is alive. It has meaning. And it's interesting that in this passage of Scripture, that only two pieces of furniture were actually mentioned. So out of the seven pieces of furniture found in the tabernacle, two pieces were mentioned. And we just want to quickly talk about it. It was the lampstand and the ark of God. It says in verse 3 and verse 4, The lampstand of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. That's when suddenly he heard the voice of the Lord. So let's just talk about these two pieces for a moment. We've established that Samuel made his home in the house of God, but what's the significance of him making his bed by the lampstand and the ark of God? You see, the lampstand was made of one piece of solid, pure gold. That typifies Jesus, typifies Jesus. Jesus is the sinless saviour. There is no impurity in him. The lampstand was hammered into this, this candlestick, which typifies a suffering saviour. So he was a sinless saviour. He was a suffering saviour. He was beaten on our behalf. The lampstand was to never go out, representing an all-sufficient saviour. He never goes out. He never dries up. He never stops giving. His presence is never uh, too far away from us. He is an all-sufficient saviour. He will never run out of the ability to forgive and to reach out to each and every one of us. The lampstand was a type of Jesus and it revealed Jesus to Samuel. The place where he made his bed was by the light of Jesus. He knew Jesus. He realised that there was an importance about being close to Jesus. Then we've got the ark of God, which is the most preeminent of all of the pieces of the furniture. And, you know, it was made of two types of material, wood and gold, symbolising the life of Jesus, you know, his divinity and his humanity. And the lid of the ark of God was a place where the mercy seat sat, where the blood would be placed from the day sacrifice, speaking of the life of Jesus, fully God, fully man, crucified for the sins of humanity. I tell you what, if you ever want to do a study on anything, do a study on the tabernacle and all the furniture in it. It's just so beautiful. And as, as worshippers, we study this because it helps us in our engagement in worship. It's such a great revelation of who Jesus is. And you know what? 
it, it, this, this mercy seat was making a way for us to enter the presence of God, the sacrifice. So I don't know if Samuel realised the significance. I kind of get the idea that he was drawn to these pieces of furniture. His spirit was drawn to it. And I'm not sure he realised the significance of making his bed there. But what it looks like to me is that Samuel understood the importance of staying really close to God. These two pieces of furniture are symbols of a very good and gracious Saviour, Jesus Christ. He made his bed by the light and the presence of God and he allowed the light of the Word to direct him and allowed the presence of God to be near him. And I want to encourage each one of us, be in the house of the Lord but then young people, put your phone down and be engaged. Be in the presence of God. Make your bed here. Serve here. This front row, young people, take over the front row next to your pastors. Be right up front. Be just, tot- God, I've got an hour and a half. I'm here. I'm here. I'm fully engaged. I'm going to actually make my bed here now and I want you to touch me. So let's not make it just a routine, but then let's bring it to life in the house of the Lord. Number three, number three. Samuel, I love this. Samuel made his failures in taking steps of faith. Samuel made his failures in taking steps of faith. So in other words, every time he failed by hearing the voice of the Lord and getting it wrong, his faith was being built. His faith was being built. You know what? How often do we make a mistake and go, oh, I'm not doing that again because we're insecure or we're afraid of what people would say? I have to tell you this awesome story. So one of the first times I ever led worship, which was a long time ago now, um, we had these meetings in Townsville. Oh, it's got to be like 20 years ago. And they were called a deeper life meeting. And they were a Monday night meeting. So we would start our worship leaders there, you know, not give them the Sunday, but give them something that was a little less than, you know, 500 people. And so my, my um, creative director, Pastor Craig Hannay, he's like, you're leading worship. And I was all practiced and I was prepared. And so I'm, we're singing and I'm worshiping and it was going so good. But, you know, I, I thought at the time that if I close my eyes, I can't see them so they can't see me. You know, so like I'm just totally like freaking out and I'm worshiping and I'm singing and I'm worshiping and I'm worshiping and I'm worshiping and 20 minutes goes by and I say in Jesus' name, Oh, heck. So I'd actually worshipped to the back of the wall for about 10 minutes. And I said to Craig, I'm like, I got off the stage, I burst into tears. And I'm like, I am never doing this again. How embarrassing. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, why didn't you save me? He's like, because it was kind of funny, you know, watching you. I'm like, thanks for the heads up. Anyway, I was just like, I'm not doing that again. I am not doing that again. That is the moment. 200 people, like, seriously, this is bad. Anyway, um, it's like you're on next Monday night. I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Anyway, he made me. He forced me to do it next Monday night. And you know what? I've got so many stories. I've fallen off stages. I've fallen off choir risers. I tripped over my flipping son-in-law's pedal board not long ago and, you know, sprained my ankle, you know. But like, you know, like a philaling balloon person. I'm like, <laughs> so many mistakes. But you know what? Get up and go again. <laughs> Samuel did. He thought he heard the Lord. Th- he thought he heard Sam, um, Eli three times, but it wasn't. It was Jesus talking to him. And so often the enemy gets us discouraged. But I want to encourage you that every time you fail, 
just, there's always another Sunday. That's what I tell our worship team. They'll come off stage sometimes and they're like, that was bad. And I'm like, yeah, it was. But there's next Sunday, people. And but the crazy thing is people will still say yes to Jesus because actually we think we're more important than we actually are and we're not. Can I just say, I love your drumming. You are the coolest drummer I have ever met in my life. You are just like, you make me smile. You are just worshiping Jesus today. I'm like, oh, he's awesome. <laughs> I love you. That's so cool. But how many times, Muso's in the house, we like play the, it's this beautiful, quiet moment. We just pay, play this bum note, and everyone's like, oh, the Holy Spirit just flew out the window. <laughs> But he actually did it. He's still here. Or we forget lyrics or we are teaching kids ministry and we totally say the wrong thing or I don't know. But what I love about Samuel is that not only did he make his home in the house of the, the, house of the Lord, he actually really engaged and then he messed up and he got up and he went again. And he, church is one of the safest places to grow your faith. Do not be discouraged learn, go, oh, heck, let's not do that again, and get up and go again. You know, we so often get it wrong, and then we just step off. We just go, forget it, I'm out, I'm out. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because we're not perfect, and we are going to make mistakes. So we just need to go, you know what, Jesus, you're building me. You're building faith in me, and I'm going to get up and go again. And I just want to encourage all of us, do not give up the call of God on your life because of insecurity or fear. Joyce Meyer says something really, really awesome. And she says, there's two options about doing anything in life, doing it afraid or not doing it at all. Just do it afraid. (laughs) My my little heart was pounding this morning as I grabbed this microphone. I'm like, oh, here we go again. Jesus, you've got this. Let's do it afraid. But some of the best things in life are when your little heart's pounding and you're stepping out of the boat. And when you step out of the boat and you're in, out of your comfort zone, that's when the Holy Spirit turns up and He can do His thing. Because we don't want to just do whatever we do. We want the Holy Spirit to do His thing. So Samuel just learned how to build his faith through making mistakes. Make them. Get up and go again. And the fourth thing this morning, and the band can come back actually. Fourth thing this morning is that Samuel made his decision to be obedient in the house of the Lord. He just got a conviction in his heart that if the Lord has said it, I'll do it. In fact, I reckon he got to a point where he was like, yes, Lord, now what's the question? (laughs) Taking on the ACC women's role, I was, you know, I've always been so spiritual, going, yes, Lord, you know, What's the question? I say yes, I say yes. And then I was asked to do this role, Michelle, and I was like, no, 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 no. I can sing. I can sing. I can sing. There's lyrics on the back wall. I can sing. But like lead a, a, a state, two states. You know what? Just had to settle my spirit and just say, Lord, I've always held everything with an open hand. Never close your hand on anything. Because once you close your hand on it and the Lord wants to do something new, he's like, how do I get in there? (laughs) Um, You know, just hold everything with an open hand because things will get dropped into your hand and things will get taken out of your hand. But if you've got that beautiful soft spirit, yes, Lord, whatever, just give it to me or take it from me, you know. And and Samuel did that. Samuel just made a decision. I'm going to just hold things with an open hand and be obedient. If you tell me, I'll step out. I'll step out in faith and I'll do it. And it says there... 
that um, Samuel goes back to his bed and waits and hears, you know, God say again, Samuel, Samuel, here I am. And then crazy thing is what the Lord tells Samuel is a little unnerving. This is what he says, and it's in verse 11. I, again, I was very slack. I'm sorry, media person, that I didn't give you my scriptures. I will repent now and give them to you for tonight. Then the Lord said, Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I'm about to go and carry out all of my threats against Eli and his family from the beginning to the end. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God. And Eli's sons will never be forgiven by the sacrifices or offerings. Samuel, you know, he stayed in bed until morning, then got up and opened the doors of the tabernacle as usual. And he was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord had said to him. But of course, Eli's going to ask, isn't he? Because Samuel bugged him three times before he realised that the Lord was going to talk to him. So he, of course, is saying, what, what, what did God say? And all of a sudden now, Samuel has found himself in a position where he's heard. Now he's got to be obedient. And it was scary because he had to actually tell Eli, your family's doomed. That's a pretty crazy thing. You know, could you imagine what Samuel was feeling like, like, here you go, God had spoken to him with authority and now he's got to carry this message out. He was afraid, but he did it anyway. You see, what um, we see here in the scripture that Samuel made a decision that from that day he would establish a discipline for the rest of his life. As hard as it was, he stepped out of his fear and was obedient sharing what God had given him to share. You know, some years ago, I went to a Youth Alive rally in Brisbane, and I was one of those rallies where I was just like, Lord, use me, send me, do something with me, and I was just fired up to, you know, be an evangelist for Jesus. Anyway, we went to Macca's afterwards, which is always the most spiritual thing to do after a conference, right, or youth. And um, we went to Macca's, and we were ordering our food, and I noticed this lady sitting at a table crying. She was just weeping. And there was another lady with her and they were just sitting quietly and she was just kind of like, you know, rubbing her arm. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, you need to go pray for her. And I'm like, no, who said that? That was dumb. I'm not doing that. And I felt so strongly to say to her, I don't know what's going on in your world, but God wants you to know that he loves you and he sees you and he's with you. And I'm like, no way. My heart is like, like, I could hardly breathe. I forget the food. I felt nauseous. I was just like, so I said to my husband and my friend, I feel like God's told me to go and pray for that lady. And they're like, well, off you go. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's fine for you. Off you go. Well, you come with me. And they're like, no, no, we're out, you know. Um, so I, I left. I left McDonald's. I hadn't prayed for her. So I'm walking to the car and I could feel like almost like this bungee cord pulling me back into Macca's and God's going, go pray for her, go pray for her, go pray for her, just go pray for her, just tell her she's loved, just go pray for her. And I'm like, oh, fine. So I'm like, boys, wait here, I'm going back in to pray for this lady. So I walked back in and I felt so foolish and I felt so out of like, just said, excuse, like imagine it, right? excuse me, randoms. Um, I... My name's Michelle. I thought I'd better preface that I wasn't, like, weird. Not that they were going to believe me anyway. Um, I'm like, hey, my name's Michelle, and I actually go to church, and I just was watching you, and I felt like God said that he loves you, and that 
that he knows what you're going through and that at the end of the day, it's going to be okay. She just starts to weep and weep and weep. She's like, I need to hear that. I needed to hear hope. I needed to hear hope. And I'm like, oh, my God, for that. So I said, can I pray with you? And I just, I didn't do anything super spiritual. I just said, Jesus, you know where this woman's at. And you know the heartbroken um, situation she's going through. And I just pray that you'd make yourself real to her in Jesus' name. And I walked away. Now, I'd love to say she was in church next Sunday and I'd exchange numbers. I didn't do any of that. I just had to be obedient and I was freaked out. But I have done more things in my life petrified than I have done, you, I've got this. And I think God likes us there because he now knows that we're fully reliant on him. (laughs) God's like, kind of like it when you're out of your comfort zone because then you're hanging on to me. Because nothing we do in our own strength really changes much at all. But when we walk in the presence of Almighty God in an obedient spirit, then we start to see supernatural things take place. And Samuel, he was able to deliver this message as crazy and scary as it was, but it changed the atmosphere for generations to come. So I want to encourage you, just over these four small things that we've learnt from this scripture, to make our home, make our habit to be in the house of the Lord, then take it the next step. Be engaged when we're in church. Be involved. Get involved on teams. Get involved in kids' ministry. Get connect groups, like really fully engaged. When we're here in worship, we raise our hands. It's an hour and a half to set you up for the rest of your week. Make your bed in the presence of God. During the week, have your quiet time. Read your Bible. Do something. You know, Pastor Michelle was just talking about her habit of just reading every morning. Version is an amazing app on our phones. And in fact, if I can do a, like a, a bold plug here, we released an album, uh, whenever it was, at the beginning of this year called Coronation. And Version have got us to write a 10-day devotional. And it's on Version, So you can do a 10-day devotional kind of tripping through some of the songs that we've written. And you know what? It's right here. And the enemy knows it's right here, so then he puts Instagram right next door to the um, version app, and you're like, Instagram, version. But come on, let's make our bed by the presence of God. Let's make sure that we fail forward. Just fail and get up again. Do not let it hold you back. I have, I have embarrassed myself so many times that now I'm like, oh, whatevs. You know, who cares? Just fail and have your faith built. And the last one is just be obedient. When God speaks, it means he trusts you. He means he knows you can do it. God wouldn't tell you. We would not get our kids to do something and stand there and go, watch this, they're going to fail. This is going to be awesome. They're going to fail. We don't do that. God will not do that to you. If he asks you to do something, he is saying, trust me. I want to use you. You are my hands. You are my feet. You have all... You're all I've got to get the message of Jesus out there. And I love that because he would never give us anything that we can't handle. And so this morning, how about we stand to our feet and we're just going to worship. You guys pick an awesome song. You're cool. I like you. Let's just worship for a moment. And maybe there's just one thing that you thought, you know what? 
I need to actually be a little bit more present. I need to get more involved in church life and be a, a blessing to those who don't yet know Jesus. Or maybe it's, I need to, you know, I just need to make the habit of being in church every Sunday. Whatever it is, let's just have some time with Jesus now as these guys worship. And let's just have some heart connection with heaven. Hey, thanks guys. Beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. You're so good. Yeah.